You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Inside Purple and Gold. All right, back with Inside Purple and Gold. Jace Frederick, Damie Zutani here, talking Vikings. Looking forward now, finally, to the regular season. Uh, like, follow, subscribe to this podcast on any of the, your favorite platforms as we kind of ramp this thing up and we look towards not only the regular season, but that twenty, that uh, September 11th, week one battle with Green Bay. Okay, Dan, that's enough negativity. We just discussed. Yeah, we we're pretty pessimistic there. Yeah, and that was the whole point of it. If you say like, wow, these guys think the Vikings are going to stink. We were just trying to say what could go wrong. And now we're going to look at what could go right. Try to finish up high. Look at the glass a little half full here. Why could everything be exactly what the Vikings exactly? Probably more so with the Wilts as much as anything else envision of. I think they clearly made a statement this offseason with their moves, you know, with wanting to keep Kirk Cousins. Um, the roster largely stayed intact. Uh, you have to think that was kind of a mandate from ownership of we think we're close uh, to being where we want to be, to contending for things in the playoffs, um, making a push for a Super Bowl. What is the path to that? Because I do think it exists that this team, if all, if everything broke just right, this could be an 11-win team that wins the division. That's hosting playoff games. And with that comes an opportunity to make a push deep into January. But what has to happen for that to be the case? I think the glass half full answer is that Kevin O'Connell and his presence and his new age thinking from the offensive side of the ball and his ability to get to delegate on the defensive side of the ball and understand that's not his expertise – I think the glass half full approach of how this season goes different is that all of that adds up to wins in the close games last year, because while it's a cherry picked stat, because it's not, you can't just say, Oh, the Vikings lost a bunch of close games last year. If you just turn those to wins, they would be really good because you know what? They won a lot of close games too. And if you turn those to losses, they'd be even worse. So I I don't think it's as easy as just being like Kevin O'Connell is going to come in and he's going to win because he's so positive and upbeat and the culture's different. The Vikings, the Vikings are going to win all the games they lost under Zimmer. But I think that's what you're hoping is that Kevin O'Connell is that X factor as far as being able to elevate guys. We've talked that Kirk Cousins doesn't necessarily elevate guys on his own. Maybe Kevin O'Connell is someone that can elevate Kirk. Maybe Kevin O'Connell is someone that can use Dalvin Cook not just as a running back, but in the slot, as a receiver, get him the ball in space. Maybe Kevin O'Connell is a guy that can use Justin Jefferson and turn him into a Cooper Cup like Adam Thielen and turn him into someone like Robert Woods who is producing at a high level. It's it's probably, you have to be cautiously optimistic if you're thinking that way because Kevin O'Connell is not Sean McVay just because he came from that tree. But there are if he is who the Vikings think he is or who, who the Vikings hope he is, then yeah, you can look at the offensive side of the ball and say, 
we're going to be really good this year. We have so many weapons. I think a lot of that hinges on the offensive line holding up, um, which is something that we talked about that we're a little concerned about. Um, but I think how this season and, and how the Vikings take a huge step, if you want to be positive and, and think about this thing optimistically, is that Kevin O'Connell is is kind of the X factor here and is someone that can elevate the whole team around him. Yeah, and I think like Kevin O'Connell having past experience with Kirk Cousins, even in Washington, um, Kevin O'Connell having a season with Jared Goff um, with LA um, and, and Jared Goff performing at not a phenomenal level, but a good enough level where there was offensive production um, and, and they still made the playoffs and they won a game in the playoffs. And um, I, I, I'm not somebody who like trashes on Jared Goff and says, Hey, that's a bad quarterback. Like I, I think he's, he's, you know, a top 20, any top 25 guy is, you know, a fine quarterback. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, and golf is in that category, but anyway, like Kevin O'Connell's had success uh, with different quarterbacks and helped maximize Matthew Stafford, who obviously has insane, arm, insane arm talent. We saw all the things he can do. Like that's clearly a player, uh, but Kevin O'Connell knows Kirk cousins knows what he can do, what he can't do. It seems like given off of his past now, like, like, like you mentioned, he's not Sean McVay, but he clearly played a pretty big hand in maximizing everything that the Rams did these last couple of seasons. And there's a mm-hmm. lot here to maximize. Like Kirk cousins is a very productive NFL quarterback, um, especially when things are all set up just right. And who's to say Kevin O'Connell can't do his best to make sure they're set up correctly more often than not. You look at a team that has Dalvin cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne, Irv Smith, that's a lot of weapons. There are a lot of different things that O'Connell can do with that grouping. And it was pretty vanilla in the preseason and we didn't even see any of the guys there. I think we could see a lot more creativity, a lot more easy throws generated for cousins to get these playmakers, the ball in situations where they can make things happen as well. Like on the games where I think Minnesota's offense is overmatched. Oh, offensive line is overmatched, which there were a few of those last year. And they always stuck out like sore thumbs because nothing happened. I think O'Connell is more equipped to find different ways to attack offensively in which, you know, quick strike, whatever the case may be, maybe it's involving the screen. Maybe it's just different quick strike passes, uh, you know, to get Jefferson Osborne, the ball in space and let them try to make plays. I think there'll be more of that. I think there'll be less of a hindrance of, well, can't hold the ball for two and a half seconds. So what are we going to do? Um, because it really felt like Minnesota then was just like, well, we might as well pack it up and head home because we can't do anything offensively today. I think they will be in better shape to be more consistent, to play, to have less stinkers. Like Kirk Cousins has had stinkers. I do think part of that is that Minnesota's coaching staff didn't exactly set him up for success in those situations because there was never, it never looked like Minnesota offensively with play calling game planning was trying to do less with more, uh, uh, excuse me, more with less. You never want to do less with more uh, to do more with less. Uh, I think this group might be able to do that. That's one thing that can go very right. But what yeah. about defense? Yeah, go ahead. And then we'll get into the defense. Yeah, no, and I was going to say, just like the creativity on the offensive standpoint right. too, right? Like it's lacked. It has lacked. It past. lacked. Zimmer wanted. Zimmer knew his defense, which was his bread and butter, was aging out. So his goal to make sure his defense looked better was to hold the ball as long as possible on offense. And that's why he committed to Dalvin Cook in the running game so much. Yes, Dalvin Cook's really good, but you don't need to run up the middle, run a halfback dive, you know, you know, to the length that that Minnesota would continuously do it, almost like running your head into a wall over and over and over again. The the reasons that they did that were almost to protect the defense. I think there's just going to be more creativity from this new staff, which could, you know, carry over to the rest of the team as well. If the offense is scoring, obviously the defense is going to be better. 
So that and, leads to the defense. Yeah. And just one thing on the offensive line, like we've talked about the question marks on it. It could be better. It really could be like, you know, a top 15 offensive line. Just in the fact that if Christian Darisaw is a player, you know, Brian O'Neill is a player. If Christian Darisaw mm-hmm. is a player, if he ends up being that, if he ends up being what he was drafted to be, and frankly, like looked like in certain spots last year, like he had some highlights. Uh, now you have bookend tackles. Even if the interior does have some struggles, like you can kind of compensate for that. But if you have those bookend tackles that everyone in the NFL is looking for, it's a great place to start. It's hard to be really bad um, if that's the case. Mm-hmm. If you can kind of leave your tackles on islands, maybe double up somebody on the interior, help out Bradbury if he's really struggling. Like there are there are pathways for that offensive line being much better, which will unlock so many different things as well. Uh, defensively, for me, it just comes – the upside is what we've always talked about the upside being. Yep. It's the Darius Say Smith it. and Neil Hunter. I mean, you might have two top 20 uh, rushers in the NFL, and Daniel Hunter is a top 10 guy. Um, so if you have that, it's hard to be bad, frankly. Those guys are erasers of issues. Um, they are guys who can both post double-digit sack totals easily. And I think the 3-4 scheme, we know it works with Darius Smith. We've seen that. Um, I think Daniel Hunter could absolutely thrive in it as well. Um, I think they could be moved around to where they can't be negated. They can help each other out. Uh, I I am not totally sold on Minnesota in any other part, uh, middle linebacker, secondary, even you know, the interior of the defensive line. But I think defensive end, uh, the edge rush is kind of can make or break things to where I don't expect this defense to be good. I just don't. I don't think it has a path to being a top 10 defense. I think it can be middle of the road just with those two guys and the way that they can kind of wreak havoc on a game. And uh, I would say – my optimism for the defense is even higher than yours. Like okay. because of just the, the edge rushers though. Like I do think that if you have two guys that can blow up plays consistently, you can push yourself to the fringe of like a top 10 defense. And maybe it's not as easy as saying Daniel Hunter and Darius Smith are each going to get three sacks a game, but I think consistent quarterback pressures and against good teams, like the Vikings defense is probably going to be, if it's middle of the road, good, good, good enough, it's going to be good enough to look good, look great sometimes against bad teams, right? So what you need is for Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith to be dominant against, you know, a Green Bay Packers team that maybe you're a little overmatched against, uh, you know, across the board. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. To show up on a Monday night football game against the Philadelphia Eagles and make Jalen Hurts look extremely uncomfortable. Uh, and I think just looking at a pass rush alone, and, and we've said it, we sound like broken records, like time and time again, can make the all the difference in the world, not only for your defense looking good, but for the off the opposing offense looking bad. And and that sounds like so well, duh. But I think back to that Super Bowl between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't think the Buccaneers were like a a world-beating defense that year, but they were really good off the edge. They were really good at rushing the passer. And by the middle of that Super Bowl game, Patrick Mahomes looked like a completely different quarterback. So I think if you have a pass rush, 
even if you're not getting a sack every single play, you can get in the head of, of, of opposing quarterbacks sometimes just by nature of like, is this the time, you know, how much time am I going to have? So I think that I'm just pretty much echoing your point, but I think that there is a, there is even a ceiling high, a little bit higher than you know, a middle of the road defense. If things break, right. If these guys all stay healthy, if those two guys stay healthy in particular, the, the thing with those two guys, because here's why I don't think it can be like a dominant defense or even close to it. They got absolutely destroyed by opposing running games last year i don't really see how that's going to change um maybe maybe it does but i don't I, I think they will be a bad rush defense again but you don't have to be a good rush defense to be a decent nfl defense um you can get pulverized again and again and again and lose the game of physicality but with a good offense a lot of times you just need like that one key stop and that's what mm-hmm. this team was missing so many times last year how do you get that one stop in the final five six minutes of a game uh, to close a game out or to get the ball back maybe in a tie game and let your offense go score, whatever the case may be. You do that by putting pressure on the quarterback. Um, and and that's that's exactly what Hunter and Smith can do. They can get you not every stop. You might still give up 20 points because, you know, the other team ran for, you know, I don't know, 170 yards, whatever the case may be. But can you make the one big stop? Can you protect a three-point lead with four minutes to play? Um, you know, when when the other team is spreading it out and trying to move down the field in a two-minute situation, whatever. Uh, that's where having edge rushers, not having to blitz, um, and just be able to create pressure up front, it's huge. Um, and that's and that's where I my I, my path to success. And you can kind of get yours here, but optimism for Minnesota is that it's like fifteenth defensively in points, yards, whatever the case may be. And then a top five offense. And I think those are both possible. Um, and if you have that, if you have, you know, maybe the fourth best offense in the NFL and the 14th best defense, you're a playoff team and you're a legitimate threat. That's where I think like, okay, here's where things can go right for Minnesota. And this can be a team that without making a ton of personnel moves makes a huge jump this season. Yeah. And I think that that's probably where I would land too. Like you, as your ceiling as an offense you'd hope with the weapons you had, you mentioned them. Obviously Kirk Cousins running the show, but Dalvin Cook at running back, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne at receiver, and and, and Irv Smith at tight end. He looks like he'll be healthy for week one. It's not the best offense in the world as far as talent and you know weapons goes, but it's up there as far as just sheer weapons, like guys we can use to get the ball to. So that, that is a, a potential pathway. They could be a top five offense. I don't think that would be a shock to anyone. And, and yeah, you're right. Like if their defense can be, I think they could be a little bit higher than, than maybe you think they can be. But as long as they are a middle of the road team capable of getting that, that one big stop a game or, you know, the, the, the getting after the quarterback enough to make them uncomfortable throughout a game beating the bad teams and making them look like bad teams. I think that's a hallmark of a good team too, is like not just screwing around with the bad, like just putting them to bed right away. Uh, there is a pathway for them being an 11 win football team, maybe 12. I don't know. Like we will go through the schedule game by game as, as, as we near the season here. Um, we have a couple of weeks before the regular season. I'm sure that'll be an episode and a segment where we just kind of go through game by game of the season, how it's going to go. Um, but there's bad teams in the NFL, and, and if the Vikings can beat those bad teams and, and, and sneak a couple wins against the good ones and, and look good every so often you know, against a, a top-tier one, um, yeah, they can get to 11 wins, and I think that probably 
is going to be led more than anything by the offense, but, but the defense needs to show up as well. All right, that's all we have for today's episode. I'll plenty more offensive talk, I think, on Tuesday as we break down that side of the football. Kind of as the general offensive preview, we'll get a little bit more into those offensive line concerns and possibilities for optimism. Um, look at that skill positions and where exactly that does stack up in terms of top NFL teams with the weapons this team has. Uh, we'll start pulling out props. Um, there are plenty of those on, on offensive players, and we can dive into our thoughts on each one. I do think that is the best one of the better ways that you can actually define your optimism for certain players, um, setting benchmarks and, Hey, do they go over or under them? So we'll have a lot of fun with that chart, all those out. That will be on Tuesday's episode. You want to catch that edition of inside purple and gold. The best way to do that is to subscribe and follow this podcast. Make sure you're getting all of them into your uh, podcast app on your phone. That's all for today's episode for Jace Frederick, Dame Zutani. This has been inside purple and gold. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.